0: Harry not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... Go! Go! the man! You gotta beat the man! The this is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back for another episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm Jason Powers down here in Tampa. It's Labor Day weekend. It's Monday of Labor Day. I'm going to give you a little weekend review from the last several days. We had a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. We're f- uh, 4 days away from the NFL season kicking off. I will be putting out another podcast later in the week on releasing on Thursday. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify, uh, as well as Google Podcasts. We're going to be putting out another podcast on Thursday. We're going to be previewing all the NFL and college football action for the upcoming weekend, week one of the NFL and kind of pseudo week one for college football. There were a few games over the weekend, but most of the teams, uh, a lot of the teams that will be playing will be a decent slate of games this coming up weekend in the college football world. But let's, let's talk a little week in review. First off, I want to mention the passing of four people that we haven't mentioned the last that passed have passed in the last week or so. Chadwick Boseman. I know he was an actor, but he had a lot of connections in the sports world. He portrayed Jackie Robinson very very well in the movie. He's you know he's a he's an idol to a lot of people in the uh, entertainment world. He's a very uh, very tragic situation. Passed away at the age of 43. Colon cancer. Apparently it had been kept under wraps for quite a long time. Very few people knew. Very tragic, him, his passing. Uh, again, Chadwick Bozeman. Again, very much an inspiration to a lot of people in the sports world. Lute Olson, head coach, Arizona Wildcats basketball program. He coached in Iowa prior to going to Arizona. He pretty much built the Arizona program uh, from the ground up was a major fixture in the NCAA tournament for 20-plus years, had an incredible run, won the championship in 97 with member Mike Bibby, uh, Miles Simon, and that crew, where they beat several number one seeds. Just a great career out in Tucson, legend out there. Um, Lute Olson passed away at 85. John Thompson, the venerable historic coach at Georgetown, John Thompson passed away last week as well. Uh, again, a, a champion for the African American uh, community. For uh, was very much a trendsetter back in the in the early '80s when it came to uh, you know trying to get equality for his guys at Georgetown. Again, very uh, unique situation. Georgetown predominantly a white institution where you had John Thompson and his Hoyas were dominating the college basketball world. They, he put Georgetown on the map back in the 80s and 90s for sure with Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo. They won the national championship in 1984. Remember they lost the, the classic game to Villanova in 85 in the title game. They also lost a classic game in 1982 when Dean Smith won his first title, when Freddie Brown, if you recall, when Freddie Brown threw the ball to James Worthy in the Superdome, but again, just a great guy uh, from all, stood up for his guys, stood up for the rights uh, of his players, and really tried to, uh, was really a a pioneer when it came to the, the development of the Big East. The Big East Conference back in the 80s was the IT Conference in basketball, you had Georgetown, you had Syracuse, you had Villanova, you had St. John's, with Luke Karnaseka, you had Providence, you had Seton Hall, which were all viable teams, just an unbelievable conference, the rise of that conference was in large part due to John Thompson and his Hoyas, and all the classic rivalries they had with Syracuse and and, and, and others in that Big East Conference, so, uh, and last but not least, one Tom Seaver, Terrible uh, loss with Tom Seaver. He, had, he passed away with dementia and COVID issues. But Tom Seaver, again, the, the best Met of all time. Uh, just uh, played 20 seasons in the major leagues as a pitcher, which is unheard of. No arm issues. Electric fastball. Electric pitcher. Great guy on and off the field. He played for the Mets, the Reds, the Red Sox, the White Sox. Just an 300-game winner. What Was the... A first ballot Hall of Famer was the first guy that got nearly every single vote as a first ballot Hall of Famer. He got like ninety nine point five percent of the of the ballots uh, as a Hall of Famer. Uh, so Tom Seaver passes away at seventy five, and just yesterday Lou Brock, the famous St Louis Cardinal outfielder, base stealer, uh, legend, passed away yesterday. Um, Again, a great player for the Cardinals. He kind of was the, the, the beacon of the uh, stolen base era. Remember him. You remember Ricky Henderson was kind of the two big names you always remember with stolen bases. I think, I think Lou Brock is number two all-time in stolen bases, but a very, very good player for the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, so tough, tough last couple of weeks when it comes to sports figures passing away. It's just been a very, very tough 2020 in general for all on all fronts. Kobe Bryant passing away, and again, the list goes on and on. So wanted to mention that first as we got started, so keep those families in your thoughts uh, as we move forward. So, all right, a couple big topics we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about NFL Cutdown Day. This weekend was Cutdown cut Day. Roster, uh, had to get your rosters down to 53. We'll talk about a few of those things. We're going to talk about the uh, – unfortunate situation stupidity by Novak Djokovic at the U.S. Open getting defaulted as the number one seed. We're going to talk final four in hockey. Lightning Islanders, Vegas, Dallas are in the final four. We're going to talk a little NBA playoffs and we're getting to the home, st- we're kind of getting to the home stretch of the baseball season. Got about three weeks to go, the baseball season prior to the playoffs. So let's get to the NFL cutdown roster, cut down day. This weekend was cut down day. Rosters had to get cut from eighty to fifty-three. Um, I'm going to go over just a few of the big moves that, that happened. They weren't all roster cuts and uh, releases and trades. There were a couple of significant extensions uh, given out. Deshaun Watson gets a huge extension from the Texans, four years, 160 million. Tredavious White, the cornerback from Buffalo, gets a big extension. Cam Hayward for the the the. Very, very high-quality defensive lineman from the Pittsburgh Steelers gets an extension. Keenan Allen got an extension last week as well. So this tends to be the time of the year where guys, the teams that want to lock up their own guys, usually the week before the regular season, they tend to get these things done. Um, One, to also create some additional salary cap space. Mike Evans for the Bucks didn't get an extension, but they reworked his contract to where they created about $9 million of cap space for the Buccaneers. And the reason they're doing this is they want to keep they want they need teams need to have these cap some salary cap space for some of these unsigned veteran free agents, the Earl Thomases of the world, those kind of guys that you might need to sign want to sign that's going to be that's going to cost you more than the veterans minimum or the league minimum. So, again, you'll see some moves probably later on this week as well. A couple more guys will probably get extensions. A guy like Kenny Galladay potentially for Detroit could get an extension. Uh, typically, guys that are going into their last year, their contract are the ones that are on uh, that are in line for these extensions that teams want to keep. So, all right, some some interesting uh, roster decisions and moves. Mitch Trubisky has been named the starter in Chicago over Nick Foles. Many thought Nick Foles was coming to Chicago and was going to be supplant uh, Mitch Trubisky for the job. Didn't quite happen. They probably made the right move from an organizational perspective because if you if you if if Nick Foles gets the job right now. Mitch Trubisky probably goes in the tank and is probably not much use to the football team the rest of this year. Um, you know, and it's also a little bit of an indictment on Nick Foles that he did not come in and outright win this job. I think if the job was deadlocked, tied, or very, very close, they were probably going to give Trubisky the edge because he's the he was the incumbent, and from a confidence perspective, they want to try to keep his confidence up. Uh, Trubisky will have a short leash, though. You will not see a long leash for Trubisky if the Bears get off to a 0-2 start, 1-3 kind of start. You will see a change to Nick Foles. Um, but so that's the word out of Chicago. They got a, they got a good defense. They got a good team. Uh, but you got to have quality quarterback play, and 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 Trubisky gets the first shot in Chicago. Adrian Peterson cut from the Washington football team. A little bit of a surprise, but. He gets cut, and then immediately he gets claimed and is going to get signed by the Detroit Lions. So it'll be an interesting backfield in Detroit with on Johnson. Now you have Adrian Peterson. You have DeAndre Swift. Um, Peterson has history with the offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, back from uh, the um, Minnesota days. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know, he did have some quality years with Bevel as the O.C., um, I don't expect AP to be the man but he'll be a serviceable backup good he could be a goal line kind of guy he can still get those tough one and two three yards when you need them so Peterson cut Alex Smith back to the redskin Washington team Alex Smith makes the football team in Washington great story been out for two plus years with the with the with the leg issue. He makes the football team, probably going to be the third-string quarterback to start with. Haskins was named the starter. They do have Kyle Allen as well uh, in the mix in the quarterback room. be interesting to see what role Alex Smith can carve out for himself, if any, with the, with Washington. In a perfect world, Washington would want to keep him as a backup because that means D- Dwayne Haskins is playing well. But if Dwayne Haskins struggles, uh, doesn't do well, it will be interesting to see where Ron Rivera goes. I think Ron Rivera will go with Alex Smith this year. If uh, there is a need for a change, I think it's going to be a be a feel good story for the organization, be a good a uh, good you know positive PR move, and they're probably very similar in talent as far as Kyle Allen and Alex Smith. Alex Smith much more experience, much more command, but as far as physical skills, they're very similar. But I bet Ron Rivera gives Alex Smith the first shot if Dwayne Haskins Dwayne Haskins is not successful enough in DC. So. Great story out of D.C. for him. Jadavian Clowney, one of the big free agents still out there. has signed with the Tennessee Titans. You know, he's got a relationship uh, with uh, Vrabel from back in their Houston days. So, again, Jadavian Clowney, big move to go to Tennessee. Tennessee also signed Steven Goskowski, the veteran kicker from the Patriots. Again, more history with Vrabel and the Patriots. So, again, two good moves for the Titans as they head into week one of the regular season. The other big move, Leonard Fournette. We talked about him last week being released in Jacksonville. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers gobble him up for a very friendly one-year deal. He's going to come in and, and share touches with Ronald Jones initially. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, timeshare workload works itself out. Aries has come out and said, Ronald Jones is the starter, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. We'll see once uh, Fournette kind of gets up to speed. It's probably going to take Fournette a week or two to get up to speed on the offense, especially in the run game. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in week two, week three, unless Ronald Jones really plays well these first couple of weeks. Don't, you will see Leonard Fournette get, get carries. Goal line carries, short yardage carries is where you'll see Fournette early. And then you also remember, Fournette's caught a lot of balls out of the backfield, so he's capable. The Bucs still do I have LaShawn McCoy, who will probably be their third down back. He's good in pass protection, good running those option routes. So I think you'll see uh, Fournette and Jones be the first and second down guys, and I think you'll see uh, McCoy ha- get, some, get some opportunity on third down, helping protect Tom Brady and company. So those are kind of the big four or five roster uh, you know, moves uh those kind of things as as we get to the NFL. These rosters are going to change many times here in the next few days. A lot of these guys who were cut will be will be re signed to the practice squad. The practice squad has been expanded this year to I believe 16 guys to account for some of the COVID uh, possibilities. So again, you'll see you'll see a lot of the younger guys who didn't get an opportunity in the preseason re-signed to the practice squad and they will be uh opportunities for them to be promoted. So so that's the story in the NFL. Again, Thursday night kickoff in Arrowhead. Kansas City hosts the Texans, the world champion Chiefs. Interesting how that – we'll see how that week one goes with, uh, obviously, Mahomes and Watson, the two highest-paid quarterbacks in the sport now. Head-to-head, prime time. It'll be interesting to see what the uh, NFL community does as far as kneeling, national anthem with all the social justice that – issues that are going on right now throughout the country. It will be very interesting to see what happens on Thursday night in Kansas City relative to the football teams and the coaching staffs and everything when it comes to the National Anthem and social justice causes that are important to all these guys. So keep the TV on. Let's go to the NHL. We're down to the Final Four in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Eastern Conference. Lightning Islanders, first time since 93 that the Islanders have been in the Stanley Cup uh, semifinals. Great job by the Islanders beating the Flyers uh, in a game seven on Saturday night. They dominated the Flyers in game seven. Uh, the big move of the game was uh, Trots Barry Trotz, the head coach for the Islanders, went to Thomas Grice for game seven, the goaltender who pitched a shutout. Uh, he had been split in time with Varlamov. You'll see Thomas Grice moving forward, in my opinion. Great job by Thomas Grice in Game 7 to come in, wins the Game 4-0. This is a very dangerous Islanders team. They are very balanced offensively and defensively, good goaltender. Um, this is not going to be a uh, cakewalk for the uh, my Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning go to the Eastern Conference Finals for the fifth time in the last 10 years. Again, they beat the Boston Bruins. They've been sitting a long time. They've been waiting over a, almost a week now. So that would make me a little nervous as we head into game one, which is Monday night tonight. Um, all games have been moved to Edmonton. All four uh, the, the all four teams are now going to be housed in Edmonton for the final four and the final. So no more t- games in Toronto. All games are in Edmonton. I do like the Lightning. Hometown, I think they're again offensively. They're they're very good. Kucherov's back in the mix. Uh, no Stamkos for the foreseeable future. Probably out for the rest of the playoffs, according to John Cooper. So you're gonna you're gonna be relying on the the Alex Clorns, the Braden Points, the Tyler Johnsons, Headman. You got you got. Uh, Shattenkirk, Kirk, you got a, you got you got plenty of firepower on both teams. I think it's going to be a very interesting series with the Lightning and the Islanders. Of course, I'm taking my Lightning at home even though the Islanders are my second favorite team. Um, I love the Islanders growing up. When I was little, it was when the Islanders were going through their heyday in the 8 early 80s when they won four straight Stanley Cups with Mike Bossy, Trochier, Dennis Potvin, Billy Smith, all those guys back in the early 80s. One of the classic sports moments of my I remember watching as a kid was I remember watching the Islanders beat the Capitals in a playoff series in like a fifth overtime, fifth or seventh overtime. Pat LaFontaine with the game winner in in like the fifth or sixth overtime to uh, win a series. So the Islanders have always kind of been my number one team until the Lightning came into existence. So uh, I'll have a rooting interest on both sides here with the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Western Conference Final, Vegas plays Dallas. Both Vegas and Dallas had to win Game 7s. Dallas beats the Colorado Avalanche 5-4 overtime of Game 7. They blew a 3-1 lead to get to uh, Game 7. They were uh, back and forth series with the Avalanche. Very high scoring. The Avalanche and the Stars go to overtime of Game 7, and the Stars get it done in overtime to advance to the Western Conference Final where they meet the uh, Las Vegas Knights who beat the Vancouver Canucks in a Game 7. So Game 1 last night, Western Conference Final, Dallas beats Vegas 1-0 in Game 1, a, a low-scoring defensive battle, great goaltending by both Kudobin and and I believe uh, Marc-Andre Fleury played last night for the night. So Dallas leads the series one game to none. Uh, again, Tampa Bay and the and the Islanders play game one tonight, NBC Sports Network. So that's your hockey update as we head to the Final Four. Let's talk Novak Djokovic. What a turn of events at Flushing Meadow yesterday. The U.S. Open, round of 16 match, Djokovic is playing a Spaniard, Pablo Correna Busta. End of the first set. Just Djokovic gets broken in the in a, at five all in the first set to be go down six five. Following the game, he takes a ball and just blindly hits a ball towards the back wall and strikes a lines person in the throat with the ball. Just totally irresponsible move by Djokovic. By rule, Djokovic is automatically defaulted. The, the lines person goes down in a heap. She has a throat. She gets hit de- dead in the throat with the ball. So that has to hurt like a you know what. She's down for several minutes. The tournament referee, the uh, chairperson get together, and Djokovic is automatically defaulted. It is a rule in tennis. If you hit a ball, if you hit a ball person, a line judge, or the umpire with a ball, you are getting defaulted. And I agree with that. Totally agree with that decision. You have to do that. You cannot allow players to be reckless with the ball, with an object like that. In frust- I know it's in frustration. Whatever it is, you cannot do that. And if you hit a lines person, you're, you're going to get defaulted. Bottom line, and you should. Djokovic, that was out of line. Sorry, you got to go. Got to go. Even more reckless after the match, Djokovic is doesn't show any class, any professionalism, and doesn't talk to the media, storms off, leaves the grounds, is defaulted from the tournament. Find his his fine was his prize money. He will get no prize money from this tournament, as well as an additional fine. So very poor, very, very poor out of Djokovic yesterday. One how what what he did on the court was was it was not intentional as soon as he hit the ball and hit the girl he realized he he screwed up so i'm not going to say it was not an intentional act by any means but the result was bad and his post match his post reaction was even worse disaster he should be it's a disgrace what what he that he didn't answer to the media he's going to be He's going to be scrutinized for many, many a month after this event, after this, uh, episode. This is not his first episode with, with, with a reaction with his, some of his conduct off the court. If you recall, he tried to have a tennis tournament back three, four months ago back in Serbia and was very, very flippant about the social distancing, about wearing masks and all that stuff. He got the virus afterwards. Several players got the virus and it just, it was just a disaster. Um, so Jokovic out at the U.S. Open. There will be a first-time major champion on the men's side uh, with with Djokovic out. And remember, no, Nadal did not play in the tournament because of the uh, COVID concerns. Federer did not play in the tournament because he was hurt. So you you will have a first-time major champion. Couple names to be looking out for: uh, Medvedev, Zverev in the in the Kind of the wild card guy, I think could be a major sleeper. Here is the kid from Canada, Felix Auger, alias M, nicknamed FAA. Big server, big talent. Twenty years old. Uh, he could be the kind of the sleeper. Shapovalov is a guy that's capable as well. So you're going to see a uh, again a first time winner as we head to the second week of the U.S. Open. This day, Labor Day, has always been a great day for tennis. Uh, U.S. Open tennis over the years. Uh, I remember watching Connors back in the day when he made his miracle run in '91 on Labor Day. Uh, he played Aaron Crickstein, I believe. I mean, just Labor Day has always been a great day for tennis. So if you if you if you're a tennis follower, check it out. This whole week's always a great day because you again you're down to the to the quarterfinals. You get down to the quarterfinals of the Open here. This whole week will be a bunch of great matches, night matches. Um, and obviously you'll have the finals this coming up weekend, so check it out on ESPN. They do a great job covering the matches, and they did a great job yesterday covering the Djokovic situation. Had a lot of opinions, had a lot of different people speak on it, which I, so I think they did a really good job. Chris McKendry, Fowler, McEnroe, Pat McEnroe, John McEnroe, they did a really good job. They had the tournament referee for the U.S. Open in there explaining what they were thinking, how they went through their decision making. So kudos to ESPN for that. Really good job breaking that down. And again, Djokovic should be ashamed of himself that he did not speak to the media yesterday. That's a disgrace. You have to answer the, the questions uh, concerning this situation. Um, you have to. You cannot just storm off the grounds at the USTA Tennis Center uh, like he did. So uh, it will be interesting to see how the fans uh, react to Djokovic as we go to the French Open here in a couple of weeks. So, all right, Lionel Messi sounds like he's going to stay at Barcelona. There's been uh, major speculation the last three weeks or so that he's going to be he would leave Barcelona potentially to Manchester City of the English Premier League. Sounds like from all indications he had a they had a sit down meeting with with Messi. They brought Messi's father into the mix. For those of you that aren't soccer guys, Lionel Messi's been with Barcelona almost 20 years. As a youth player, he was signed as like a 10 or 11 year old, 12 year old by Barcelona, brought over from Argentina. Remember, uh, Messi is, Ar- is Argentinian. He's not from Spain, so he's been he has been a member of the of the Barcelona family for again t- almost 20 years. It would have been a major hit for Barcelona if Messi leaves. Um, there's speculation that when he does leave Barcelona. He'll play in the, whether it's the probably the Premier League. I I would bet when he does leave, he's going to play in the Premier League for a year or two. And don't be surprised if you see Lionel Messi in MLS at the last, you know, in three or four years. So it would be a great finish to his career to finish in the United States. For, for, again, the people in the United States who are soccer fans, to get to appreciate Messi's skills. Plus you have the American media, which will enhance his branding and his brand as he as he gets to the twilight of his career, of what a career he's had, I mean, he's you know probably the, the the greatest soccer player, club player of all time. You know you have you got him, you have Pelé, you have Ronaldo, but he's definitely in the short list of the greatest of all time. Has not had how has not had any World Cup success. That's been the only blemish on his resume. His Argentina has not had any World Cup success during his run, but. You will probably see Messi for one more World Cup uh, as he as he wraps up his his uh, club career in Europe, and then he'll probably, like I said, he'll, my my guess is that he goes to the EPL for after this year, probably for a year or two, and then maybe he wraps up and plays one year in MLS if if they can make that work. So that would be a coup for MLS to get him for a year, uh, but that would be the uh, that would be a great path for him to go to wrap up his playing career. So. Uh, last but not least, we'll talk. We'll give you a quick NBA update over the weekend. We're in this in the conference semifinals. The big story is the Miami Heat are just were just hammering the Milwaukee Bucks. They were up three games to nothing going into Game Four. Game Four early in Game Four, Giannis turns his ankle, is out the rest of the game. But Chris Middleton steps up, thirty six points last night. They beat the Miami Heat in game in overtime of Game Four to stay alive. They're down three one. Giannis's status for Game 5 is very much in question. So we'll see how that goes over the next day or so. But Milwaukee is in deep trouble. The question is, how does this affect Giannis's decision? Does he decide he wants to stay in Milwaukee long-term? Does he decide he want to leave Milwaukee long-term? And most importantly, does he tell Milwaukee what his intentions are doing this offseason? He's got one more year on his contract. Milwaukee obviously would do anything that will give him the max. But if he tells Milwaukee he wants to leave, potentially that he's not going to resign, what does Milwaukee do? Does Milwaukee hold out hope that they can resign him? Or do they try to trade him to recoup some value for him? To me, if he decides he wants to go and he doesn't want to stay in Milwaukee, he's not shown that propensity to do that yet. He seems like he likes the the mid-market kind of living. He's He's very much established in Milwaukee as a family guy. Um, all that kind of stuff. He seems to like the, the, the mid mid-sized market of Milwaukee. He seems to like Milwaukee. Couple places I think to look out for. Toronto potentially. Uh, Philadelphia. If he decides he doesn't is not going to sign. If you're the Sixers, you would to me you offer up Ben Simmons and some other pieces to try to, to make a trade for Giannis. If you're the 76ers. Because again, if you're Milwaukee and you know he's not re-signing with you, you have to get something back for him. And if you could get a piece like Ben Simmons back in return, not Giannis, but pretty pretty good, really, really good, I think you do that if you're if you're if you're a team like Milwaukee. But it'd be interesting to see these next if Milwaukee gets eliminated this round, which it most likely will happen, what does Giannis do with this offseason? Does he give Milwaukee an opportunity or does he tell Milwaukee, you know what? I'm probably going to try I'm probably going to leave in a year do what you have to do. Boston Toronto. Boston jumps out to a 2-0 series lead, game 3, Ananobi hits a miracle three-point shot at the buzzer to, to bail out Toronto. Toronto's about to be in a 3-0 hole. He hits a miracle three-point shot on a very poorly defended out of bounds play by Brad Stevens and the Celtics with .5 seconds left in the game. Uh, I'm not sure what the heck uh, Stevens was doing playing a zone defense, he plays a zone. Lowry throws a ball cross court to Ananobi, who who gets a three-point shot off at the gun, nothing but the bottom, bails out Toronto. Toronto turns around and and beats them very convincingly in game four, so we are 2-2 going to game five. What a series this is turning out to be. Again, the Raptors just keep finding ways to win games. Nick Nurse doing an incredible job. You got Siakam. You got Van Vliet. You got Kyle Lowry. Uh, Mark Gasol still contributing. So, again, a feisty Toronto Raptors team. The Celtics got to get better play out of Kemba and, and Jalen Brown. Uh, you got Marcus Smart. You got Jason Tatum. Very, I like the Celtics still to get through, but when you give a team who's won a title second life, you never know. And this Toronto team is just a never-say-die group of guys. Play hard on defense. Play hard on both ends of the court. Again, great uh, great job by Nick Nurse getting that team back to 2-2. And we'll see. Game five, I believe they play Monday night. Out west, let's go Houston, L.A. It's 1-1. Houston jumped out early to win game one. And the Lakers responded one Sunday night game two. Again, I think this series. I think this series is going the distance. I think this is a seven-game series. You got small ball, small ball in Houston versus big boy ball in LA with with Anthony Davis, LeBron, Dwight Howard. How will the Rockets be able to defend the Lakers, and how do the Lakers continue to defend small ball? Game two, you saw a lot of Rondo played very well last night. He helped uh, neutralize some of that small ball with Westbrook and Harden. Hard, Westbrook got to play better. He's coming off the, the thigh injuries, not playing very well. They need him to play well for the Rockets to get this to an extended length series. Uh, obviously, you gotta have, you got to have Harden contribute. Uh, and, and, well Houston, Houston's, Houston's going to play small ball. That's how they're going to play. You might beat them, but that's how they're going to play. So you're going to have to beat them. I think this is a six or seven game series, no doubt about it. And in the other Western Conference series, the Clippers and the Nuggets, 1-1. The Nuggets get crushed in Game 1 by about 25, but very impressively come back in Game 2 and win Game 2 uh, over the Clippers. was not expecting that. I was. Ex- uh, I still think the Clippers are far and away the better team in this series. I would expect this to go no more than five games. I think the Clippers will, will, will tighten up. I think they've gotten their attention. Uh, the Nuggets have gotten the Clippers' attention with the game two win, but I think the Clippers will fi- find a way to get, it at, get them out of there in five games, no more than six games at best. Uh, nice run, good team in Denver. I like the Nuggets. Uh, Jokic, uh, Nikola Jokic. You got Murray, Jamal Murray has really emerged. You got Gary Harris. You got Michael Porter Jr. Good team in Denver. I really like Denver. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win a tie. I think I think they're gonna win a title in the next couple of years, personally. Uh, but this, I don't think this is quite the year for the for the uh, Denver Nuggets. I think the Clippers will get 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 through in five games. So good series coming up all throughout the week. And again, the baseball we're getting to the final three weeks. Uh, pennant races galore all over the place for playoff spots. It'll be an interesting three weeks. So there's your weekend wrap up. Again. New episode coming out Thursday. We'll have all college football, NFL. I'll give you some predictions, some picks against the spread, all that good stuff. I'll pick every single NFL game week one for you. And check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are transitioning from Libsyn to Red Circle here in the next 30 days. So those of you that have been listening to us on Libsyn, we're going to be on Red Circle Again, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the major uh, podcast platforms. Check us out. I'm going to be making an appearance on the TJ Reeves Three Dog Thursday podcast on Wednesday, which will be released on Thursday. So you'll be able to see me in, in person. It'll be released on YouTube as well as uh, on all the Apple and Spotify p- platforms the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Check it out. My buddy TJ Reeves does a great job. He's the sideline reporter for the Tempe Buccaneers. He also does national uh, play-by-play radio for multiple uh, entities through the college football season. You'll see him all over the place in the fall. So check it out, Three Dog Thursday podcast, as well as the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great Labor Day. Have a little fun today. Hopefully you're not having to work. And if you are, thank you for your your efforts and thank you for your labor. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast.